we're going to be discussing Northanger Abbey this series. I think this is probably going to be my favorite season of the podcast, even though I loved Lady Susan, like I love the book and I love getting to talk to lots of different people. But this season, I get to hang out with two of my friends as I record and dogs. (laughs) I get pets in between chapters and it is fantastic. I wanted to get sort of the dual perspective of someone who knows Austin really well and someone who doesn't so that you can get all the little breadcrumbs Austin leaves us. We can appreciate those and then see if somebody else picks them up. Emma is back. She is a medical doctor and a writer and has recently finished her master's in communication. As you can tell, she is much smarter than I am, but it's okay because I'm prettier. It's fine. She's pulling faces at me. You look like a computer to the people who are listening or possibly a phone. This is true. Although the cartoon image is vaguely me, but without all the double chins. One of the reasons that I asked you to co-host with me on this season is because you have kids around Catherine's age so you can bring a different perspective to the novel than me who has not been 17 for a very long time because you know Jane Austen and you know the story is you and I can talk about spoilers as we go. When did you first start reading Jane Austen? My parents had a copy of Pride and Prejudice on their bookshelf when I first read it I'm gonna say maybe 10 I don't know how much of it I would have understood. Northanger Abbey was the first television adaptation of Austen I'd ever seen. 84 would put me at 11 years old. I was obsessed. Must have been three or four episodes. And so you had to wait a whole week for the next episode. They left you on these terrible cliffhangers. It was an intense televisual Austin experience. I think that Austin intends you to be painfully embarrassed at points. But that's what adolescence is like, isn't it? Her memory for emotions or her perceptiveness of the emotions of people younger than her is so extraordinary. So how old was Jane Austen when she wrote the first draft of Northanger Abbey? We're not entirely sure when the exact first draft of Northanger Abbey was written. We know that her first final that was up for publication was in 1803. Her first actual published novel was Sense and Sensibility in 1811. And she was 34, I think, at that point. She was born in 1775. That makes her 28 when it was first accepted for publication. We're going to speculate through this entire thing. Some would say what's important is what's on the page, and speculation is futile. One of the people that was doing the group read with us kept pointing out, as we were discussing Northanger Abbey, you're asking questions about a book Jane Austen did not write. Speculation is fun. There's a dog called Bingley panting in the background, and that is how much impact Pride and Prejudice had on me. When I had a very handsome dog that everybody likes because he's very friendly in later life I called him Bingley. My co-host for the even chapters this season is Amy. Kia ora. Emma is doing the odd chapters. One of the reasons that I chose Amy to be my co-host this season is not only because she's awesome <laughs> but she hasn't read Northanger Abbey so we can get a fresh perspective and she's slightly closer to the age of the characters than I am. <laughs> My experience of Jane Austen is a vague awareness of various movies that I have seen stills of and reading Lady Susan for the previous season of the podcast. 
Which he really enjoyed. Which I really enjoyed. Yeah. But that does end my experience of Austin. <laughs> you read, you like fantasy and stuff, eh? Mm-hmm. Do you read horror? Yes. Okay. So, another reason you're an excellent choice. I thought you <laughs> I feel like this is foreshadowing. <laughs> Advertisement by the authoress. She makes it really clear that it's been 13 years since this book was supposed to be published. So, tastes have changed. In the early 1800s, what were later called gothic novels, but at the time were called horrid novels, were a big thing. Ah. So it's kind of like someone being really into Stephen King or, I mean, if we're going for fangirling sort of thing, Twilight. But see, this is really great because, like, one of the most popular, like, novels, you know, online, like, the last couple of years has been Dracula. Because of the Dracula Daily newsletter, which emails you Dracula in date order, not in story order. So because Dracula being a thing of of letters and diary entries and all sorts, has a a chronological date that you can follow. So I think 200,000 people subscribed to the newsletter last year and it was more this year. If you're going to be doing anything with gothic, you know, literature, things are cycles. It's come back. So last year, the Rosenbach Museum did a reading of Dracula as well. Yes, yes. That's really interesting. I've never actually read Dracula because I'm not into horror novels, but it sounds like you're actually very primed for this, which is fantastic. And we'll pretend it was entirely intentional on my part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, there was a similar project called Synchronous Emma. All of Austen's novels, you can basically track on a year because she's so specific about Mm -hmm. when things happen. Nausea Paled ran a project where she mapped all of Emma to specific dates in a year and last year matched the same calendar year as the calendar year that Austen had based it on, which I think was 1815. Oh my goodness. I know. So she did posts which were, so this portion of a chapter or this whole chapter happened on this day. So like 18th of March, such and such happened. And here's the bit that you need to read for the extract. And then she's got commentary on it and questions and stuff from different scholars. And it was so amazing. That sounds awesome. So great. She came and talked to us once online. Such amazing work. So our... Silent co-host is Merlin. I have no idea what breed he is. Uh, his breed is kind of a yes, but, but he's a good boy. He's kind of woolly and a dark grey, and he very much likes pets. You're like, I am sitting here waiting to be interviewed. That is very intimidating. I'm actually just taking some deep breaths and thinking, hmm, what is my name? <laughs> Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me. But if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo. uh, Some Jane Austen merch. And some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!